Hi, I'm Phil Valdez, the lead pastor of Passion Life Church here in Marietta, California. I just wanted to take a moment and thank you for listening to these messages that are coming out of our church. If these messages have impacted your life, we'd love to hear from you. You could send us an email at contact at passionlifechurch.com. That's contact at passionlifechurch.com. Again, thanks for listening. Good morning, Passion Life Church. You doing good this morning? We're so glad that you're here at church. And today we conclude this amazing series of This is the Victory. And, you know, we've been focusing on faith. What is faith and how it's developed? And we've also been focusing on how we use our faith. Why? Why would we spend six weeks on faith? Because our theme scripture, 1 John 5, 4, says this. And when I read it, would you read it with me? Let's say it. For everyone born of God. Okay, come on. I can't hear you. Let's start again. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our what? Even our what? Even our faith. So we have been spending time on faith because it's our faith that helps us to overcome. And you know, maybe you're here today and you don't know about being born of God and you don't know about overcoming. Or maybe you're listening online to the podcast. And if you guys would turn me down, I'd appreciate that. Thanks. Um, Maybe you're listening online to the podcast. And, you know, here's the reality. And maybe some of you will bear witness with this as I talk about it. You know, there's a lot of things in life that I tried to overcome with my, my, with my, with my will. And I'm just going to overcome. And how many of you know that you can't change yourself? How many of you figured that out? That you need God. You need a higher power. You need God to help you change. And so here's where people get frustrated because they don't know this scripture in 1 John 5, 4. You can try all you want, but you're not going to overcome until you have faith. Faith is what overcomes. And you don't have to have all your ducks in a row to be born of God. Here's what you have to have. Faith. And some people think before I come to God, you know, I have to have all my ducks in a row. And listen, I don't even own any ducks. Come on, somebody. And, but here's the truth. The thing is, is that you don't change yourself before you come to God. You have faith that God will change you. And when you have faith, the Bible says, what? What, what do we do? We believe in our heart and then we confess with our mouth. Then we get saved and because of faith. And then on that journey, your faith helps you overcome those things that you could not overcome by yourself. And how many of you under, how many of you have found out that the world, overcoming the world, the world is not always sweet and nice? How many of you found that? And I'm not talking about the planet, the world. I'm talking about the world's system. The world's system is not always sweet and nice. And, uh, we, you know, when you look at this scripture, 1 John 5, 4, it says that we overcome by faith. So it, it also can, can say this, right? We don't overcome by just throwing up our hands in the air and go, this isn't right. Oh, this isn't right, right? You're not going to overcome that way. We don't overcome by whining. Come on, somebody. We don't overcome by feeling sorry for ourselves. You know how we overcome? We overcome 
by faith. And then we learn that Jesus said, not only do we overcome by faith, but it's faith that moves mountains. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, last week we talked about how Jesus said faith can move mountains. Jesus answered and he said to them, have faith in God. One translation says, have the faith of God. In other words, God has already given you a measure of faith. He already has given you what you need to overcome. And you're going to see that a little more in today's message. But have the faith of God for surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. But what is that word? Believes, but believes that those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, what is a mountain? A mountain is anything that's standing between you and the promises of God. Anything that's standing between you and the promises of God. We don't deny the mountains. Listen, we speak to them. And we speak to them by faith. And we say, mountains, you need to be removed and cast into the sea. Us as Christians, we need to start rising up and start speaking to these storms before they turn into hurricanes. And like Jesus said, we need to start speaking to the wind. And we need to say, when you will cease and desist. See, some of you may think that I'm crazy when I talk about this. But this is what Jesus said to do. Can I just give you a real quick example as I'm just giving us a little recap of last week? You know, Probably, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 15 years ago, there were some really bad fires in L.A. And my mom and her husband lived in Chatsworth, California, kind of near L.A. And so the fires started to affect uh, their neighborhood. <coughs> Excuse me. The fires started to affect their, their neighborhood. And I remember my mom calling me and saying, you know what, Phil? I uh, just want to let you know the fires are, you know, very close to our neighborhood. And they're, they're um, you know, they're telling us to evacuate. We're going to evacuate. But I just want you to know we're praying. And we're just believing and we're speaking to that fire. We're telling that fire, you will not, you will not, you will not come close to our apartment and our condo. You will not, in Jesus' name, you need to cease and desist. And I said, all right, mom, and that's the kind of mom I grew up with. You know, she ain't going to put up with that stuff. So she evacuated. She didn't want to get arrested. Come on, somebody. Can have faith and still use wisdom. Yes, yes, yes. And so I went to visit her about a month later. And you had to see it. You just had to see it. You had to be there. But when I drove up to her apartment, hung out there a little bit, she said, hey, come here, Phil. I want to show you something. And I had forgotten about the fires. But she said, I want to show you something. And then she walked out in about literally 50 yards. So here's her apartment. The back of the room is about 50 yards, let's say. There was a line where all the fires had stopped. I mean, you could see the burn marks. Now, see, that's the difference between someone who says, God, whatever happens, happens. Let that be your will. And Jesus says, I'm supposed to speak to those things. And you know why? I'm not speaking on my own terms. I'm speaking with faith. Right? I'm speaking with faith to say, you know what? You will not take our house. And you say, Pastor Phil, why are all these things happening in the world? Well, number one, we live in a fallen world. But I just want to encourage us. I think another reason why a lot of these things are happening, because the church is not standing up and using the authority that God has given us to speak to those things. Come on, somebody. You have the authority to believe and speak. And how much more, if you can speak to a fire, why not speak to that arthritis? Why not speak to the diabetes in Jesus' name? Why not speak to those headaches and say, you know what? You will not stay in my body in the name of Jesus. We are to speak to the mountain. Amen. Pastor Phil, where do you get this from? From God. 
This is the way he operates. I was meditating on this this week. I love this. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. Watch this. Listen. God is declaring the end from the beginning. You know what God's doing over your life right now? He's declaring. He's speaking over your life. What is he speaking? The end from the beginning. He's speaking your purpose over your life. He's speaking the destiny that he has for your life. He's speaking the hope and the future that he has over your life. So that makes sense to me. Here's what God is doing. He's declaring over you. So if he's declaring over me, why don't I declare what God is declaring? And God is a speaking God. So he's speaking. How many of you know the devil is a speaking devil? Ever ever have him whisper into your ear? And it's interesting that God is a speaking God. The devil is a speaking devil. And yet Christians are so silent. I'm preaching. And we're so silent. And we don't know. Listen, the devil's going to speak to you. God's a speaking God. We need to speak out of our mouth. But God is declaring. He's declaring your end. Well, Pastor Phil, I don't know what my end is. I don't know. Well, God is declaring a hope and a future over your life. Man, that's good. I should apply to be the pastor of this church. So here's what I need to be doing. I need to be believing and speaking and declaring God's purposes over my life. Amen? I need to say what Jesus says over me. And you know what? And as I'm doing that, yeah, there's mountains that stand in the way. Those mountains are problems. But can I just tell you, the devil knows. The devil knows that your faith is what moves those mountains. So here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to withdraw your faith. He wants you to, remember Jesus said, don't doubt in your heart. Don't withdraw your heart when you're speaking to those things. And so when your faith and you're speaking those things come under pressure, what do you do? And here's where we end today's series. What do you do? How do you respond when there's pressure on your faith? I'm so glad you asked. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about faith's partner. Did you know that faith has a partner? Faith has a partner. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promises. So patience is faith's partner. Patience is faith, let me say it this way, companion. Listen, and here's what's amazing. God has put in you, the Bible says, a measure of faith. He has also given you this spiritual force called patience. Patience, my church family, is a fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, there is patience already inside of you. And so what the Bible is going to tell us, it's going to show us and ask us basically, let patience have her perfect work in your life. Let patience have her perfect work in your life. So if I'm going to let patience have her perfect work, then here's what I need to know. What is patience? What is patience? Because I think sometimes we think patience is just waiting around. But there's far more to that. And the Bible says that we inherit the promises. In other words, we have into our possession, right? We inherit the promises by faith and 
patience. Can I ask you a question? How many of you want to experience, experience the promises of God? Listen, I'm not just happy reading about them. I'm not. I'm not just happy watching other people get them. Now, it's great. When other people do get them, you know what's awesome? I just look at them and go, man, awesome. And that means mine is on the way. If you can get it, then I can get it in Jesus' name. Right? But I just don't want to read about them. I want to experience. Let me ask again. How many of you want to experience the promises of God? Come on. Can you say aloud yes? Well, that's the answer that God wants us to have. Let me tell you why. Because God's promises to him are already yes and amen. Here's the challenge that many people have. Well, you know what? I don't know if God wants me to have those promises. You know, I just kind of wonder, maybe, you know, maybe he just kind of put them there. Maybe they're there for, under, for other people. Listen, you can take the wonder out of it because in God's mind, his promises are already yes and amen. To all of his promises, they're already sealed. It's done. So you can take the wonder out of it. He already says that. St. Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, he says, all his promises are yes and amen. My church family, God does not put his promises in here to tease us. God just doesn't say stuff. If he said it, you can have it. If he said you can do it, you can do it. If you'll have some faith. If you'll have some faith. So they're already yes and amen. So let's talk about patience. And I want you to notice something. Because the writer of Hebrews says this. He says that I'm to imitate those, imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. In other words, who I follow after is important. So he's saying this, follow after people who are inheriting the promises of God. You know, I love on Facebook, if you didn't know this, on Facebook we could be friends and, uh, but I don't have to follow your posts. So in, <laughs> I got an amen on that. So there are people on my Facebook, right? They're my friends, but I don't see their posts in my feed because I unfollowed them. And let me tell you why I unfollow people, right? 3,000 pictures of your dog Bentley, I don't want to see. Every day in your feed, on my feed, you got Bentley. Oh, this little chihuahua, he's on the couch. Oh, isn't he so cute? And you got Bentley. Oh, look at Bentley. Oh, why don't you put Bentley up there eating a rattlesnake? Oh, well, I'll watch that. But I really don't care about Bentley on the couch and with his bow. And look, oh, you know, Bentley, Bentley, Bentley. No, you are unfollowed. How about put pictures of your kids? They're much cuter than your chihuahua. So you get unfollowed. I love you, still your friend, but I don't want to see Bentley in my feed anymore. And see, life is like that. For a lot of us, we hear stuff and we're following people who are speaking negative. They're not speaking faith and we follow after them. And the writer of Hebrews says you need to follow people who are inheriting the promises of God. So who are you following? Who are you following? I want to do a, a series one day on things that God never said, but people think he said. Who are you following, right? Grandma, and you follow grandma because grandma said this, which a lot of people say, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. 
You know, my church family, you're not going to see that specific phrasing in the Bible anywhere. And, and they use it at the most inopportune, weirdest time. You know, well, there was traffic. You know, I, I had traffic this morning, didn't get to work on time. God works in mysterious ways. What are you talking about? You know, honey, I, we didn't want you to marry that guy. We were praying, but you married him anyway. And we were just so disappointed. But you know what? God works in mysterious ways. It's like they put that on the weirdest things. And so sometimes, like, what does that even mean? Right? My church family, God works miracles. Right? And what I'm saying is that we follow people, and sometimes they're saying stuff. It's not even in the Bible. Who are you following? Here's what I want to do. I want to follow after people who, through their faith and patience, they inherited the promise. That's why even for myself, I have a pastor in my life. My pastor, I watch him. Man, he's prospering. He's moving forward. Man, his wife died five years ago of cancer. And you know what? He could have lost it. He could have quit the ministry. But he said, you know what? He stood up on the stage one day and he said, the devil's going to regret the day that he attacked our family because now I'm going to go twice as hard. And you know what? They built a whole new campus on the west side. He got remarried. Come on, somebody. He's traveling around the world. In November, he's speaking at Hillsong. And he's on the Hillsong Network. He's speaking and doing all these things. 67 years old. And you know what? He is inheriting the promises through faith and patience. I'm following that guy. I'm not going to follow someone that says, I don't know if the promises are for me. I'm not following that person. I want to follow and be like Hebrews says, I want to follow those that through faith and patience inherit the promises. Is this good this morning? And so let me give you today five ways that patience works in our life. And here's how I got the five things. I kind of, instead of just reading you the definition of what patience is in the Greek English dictionary, I looked up the word patience and it's so vast. And so there's about four things, five things that patience does. The Bible actually calls it, it's the power of patience. So my five points today on what patience does is just taken from what patience is. Does that make sense today? And so here's the first one, right? Number one, the power of patience is constant and sound. Let me say that again. Constant and sound. You need to know that patience is happening on the inside of you. It's in you. And my church family, there is a strength in being constant and sound. There's a strength to being consistent. How many of you like consistent friends? Let me see. You know what they're doing. You know when they say they're going to be there. You know that they're going to keep their word. You know what? That's what we like. And patience, the power of patience is constant and sound. There's a consistency. That's why I believe here at Passion Life Church, if you've been around us a while, some of you have been here since we started, guess what? There's a consistency and a soundness to our theology. We're not going to sit here and doubt the promises of God. One day God loves you, one day he doesn't. No, we are going to have a consistency to our theology. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we're going to preach what we get from the Bible. And yes, we learn new things. It's awesome. But you know what? There's a soundness and a consistency. And let me say it with all love. Sometimes even when you don't want to hear it. I know sometimes when we talk about God healing and you're going through something, and you're like, man, I don't want to hear that. No, it's what you need to hear. It's what you need to hear. When you're not getting up, you need somebody to help you get up. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Not somebody just to, oh, it's so sad, so bad. 
Oh, we love you. We'll have compassion. But you know what? Faith overcomes. And we need to hear that. And there's a power inside of you called patience. And here's really the goal today. I want you to start to look for it. I want you to start to look for it. I'm going to say something. Hopefully this will help you because I believe today's going to be life-changing. As a child of God, you don't have to pray for patience. You already have it. It's a fruit of the Spirit already on the inside of you. Oh, Lord, see, oh, Lord, give me patience. I already did. It's inside you. Here's what we should pray. Lord, show me how to use what you've given me. Do you know, oh, Lord, I just need some joy. It's already inside of you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Come on, somebody. It's all in there. Somebody once asked me this, well, so what's the difference between your church and other churches? I said, you know, I don't know what other churches preach. I don't know. But I say, here's what I could tell you. A lot of churches are trying to get people to get something from God. And here's the truth about what we do. We take God's word and we teach people to use what God has already given them. Because there's a lot of, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. Why would you pray for something you already have? See, there's a disconnect there. And what happens is if we're not careful, we start getting upset at God. Well, God, I just, you know, I just don't feel patient. Lord, give me patience. And it's already inside of you. So my prayer should be, God, show me how to use the patience that you've given me. Come on, it's a good word this morning. So the power of patience is constant and sound. Here's number two. The power of patience stands under. Would you say that with me? Say, stands under. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2, if you have your Bibles. James chapter 1, verse 2. James is going to start talking about what happens when your faith goes under a trial. He's going to let us know about patience. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It says, my brethren. Can I just give you a real quick key here? When you read the Bible, when you see my brethren, that means they're writing to Christians. A lot of times in the Bible, there's things written, and they're written to non-Christians. And, but when you see my brethren, he is talking to people who are saved already. Because my brethren, all right? Just there's some things sometimes, and maybe we'll get into this another time, but when there's writings that are to non-Christians, sometimes we take that and we go, I gotta keep doing that. No, he's specifically saying that to people who are non-believers. And so here he's writing to believers, everyone that is born of God. How many is born of God? Let me see your hand. So you are my brethren or my sisterin, all right? My brethren. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3, knowing this, say that with me, knowing this, let's say it one more time, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. There's that word again. So let's break this down a little bit. The tests come, the trials come to test your faith. Why? Why your faith? Because it is your faith that overcomes the world. The enemy knows this. So he's going to point out your faith. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Timothy says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were called and have, look at that, have confessed. There's that confession again. Have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. See, when cancer comes against you, it's coming against your faith. When these things are attacking you, it's coming against your faith. 
So why is your faith under attack? Because the victory is won by faith. So we overcome by faith, right? We said faith is believing and it's speaking to that mountain. The Bible says this, faith is the substance. So my believing and my speaking is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here's what happens. Let's just say you're believing and you're speaking. Lord, I just thank you. I'm speaking your promises. Lord, you are the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You know what, God? You supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. And you get faith enough. And you know what? You start tithing and you start believing. You know, God, I'm going to have financial increase this year. You walk out of church and your car won't start. And then you know when you try, and then there's nothing like, at least when you hear a little spark, like, like okay, there's potential. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We've been there. Come on, how many of you have been there? Well, at least when you hear the little, you're like, yeah, we're good. But when you go, and there's nothing, you're like, okay, I think it's dead. <laughs> You've been there. And here you are. You're believing. And the devil comes. And he says, you know what? He's going to tell you that faith stuff doesn't work. It doesn't work. See, the devil's going to say, you were better off before you were going to church. Come on. Ever hear that one? You're better off. And James tells us, now watch. He says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. So when I go through some type of trial and my faith is tested. Watch what happens. It works. What? Patience in me. I like to say it this way. It energizes patience. Your patience. So when is patience energized? When my faith is tested, my faith is tried, patience is ignited. So whenever my faith is tested and I'm going through a trial, guess who is energized? Patience is energized. Now listen, I don't count it all joy that I'm going through a trial. I do not count it all joy that I'm being tested. Listen, verse 3 says this. Here's where my joy comes from. My joy comes from knowing this. Knowing what? Knowing this, that the trying of my faith works patience. Let me read it this way. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. See, a lot of people just stop there and say, I'm supposed to have a, a, a praise right there when I'm going through a trial. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying you are supposed to count it all joy knowing this, that when your faith is tested and your faith is tried, you got some backup. And the backup is patience because patience starts to work when faith is tested. Does that make sense? And so let me, let me, let me illustrate that to you. Um, I, I need a volunteer here uh, this morning. If uh, ben, Ben's here. Ben, why don't you come up? Ben, you're, you're a good sport. Come on, give Ben a, a good round of applause. I could never do what you just did. You just jumped on the stage. Come on, come on, stand over here. So Ben is going to be faith. All right. I know he looks like Jesus with the beard, but today... <laughs> He's going to be faith. So here's faith. faith. What does faith look like? All right. Faith got. 
Faith has got muscles, right? Faith has been exercised. Remember we said God has given you a measure of faith, right? You don't need new faith. Well, here's what you need, right? Just like you don't need new muscles, right? What you need to do is develop the muscles that you have. You have to grow these muscles. Your faith needs to be developed. It's developed as we believe and we speak. And then all of a sudden it's, it's tested. So here we have faith, right? And I'm going to play the part of patience, okay? And just have patience with me. I'm not an actor or anything like that. But... Um, So I'm going to be patient, right? And so patience is literally sitting on the sideline, just hanging out, and he's looking at faith, and he's like, go, faith. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. That's what faith's doing. Faith's fight, right? It's all you, faith. You are the man. You are the man. You go, faith. Yeah, you go. He's going to give lessons if you need lessons, karate lessons. So here's patience. My church family, I want to remind you, both of these are inside of you. You have faith and you have patience. But here's what patience does. Patience stands under your faith. So here's faith. He's doing what faith does, right? And all of a sudden, your faith is tested. Your faith goes through a trial, right? What happens? (laughs) Your faith starts hitting like a girl. All right, no, I'm kidding. Right? So the Bible says, listen, would you put that scripture right back up? James chapter one, verse two. Here's what the Bible says about patience. My brother, count it all joy that when faith starts to go through a trial, faith starts to go through any type of temptations, know this, that patience is energized. Patience stands up. Patience start to work when faith is going through a trial. Here's what patience does. Patience stands under faith and says, hey, we're consistent. We're faithful. We are stable faith. Hey, faith, we're not quitting faith. Faith, we're not going to give up. And patience is the partner of faith. Faith and patience are working together to inherit the promises of God. Come on, give faith a good round of, I mean, give Ben a good round of applause. And Ben is single, right? You're single, Ben? Uh, Ben is single, all right? But ladies, don't walk up to him and say, hey, faith, I'm patient, and we're part, don't say that. I just gave you a good Christian pickup line. I'm on somebody. (laughs) Hey, faith, I'm your patience. So when my faith goes through a trial, Patience is ignited, and that patience stands under faith, and they're working together, what? To inherit the promises of God. Are you learning something this morning? So here's where I have my joy. I have my joy that when my faith is tested and there's a trial, my joy is knowing this, that he's got a backup, that patience is energized, and he works together to undergird my faith. Those are the fruit of the Spirit working together. Power of patience stands under faith. Here's number three. So we need to know the power of patience. The Bible says, let the power of patience work. So the Bible tells us, let patience have her perfect work. James chapter one, verse four, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So patience will work if you let her. 
if you let her, here's where we come to that point. What's my part? My part is to make a conscious decision to let patience work. Let patience work. How do we not let patience work? We quit. We withdraw our heart. We start to doubt. That's not letting patience work. You know what that is? That's doubting. But if we will stand in faith, patience will come behind and make faith constant and sound if you let patience work. You know, if you're single, maybe you're believing for someone. And as you're believing for someone, you begin to speak. God, I thank you. You have somebody for me. Lord, I thank you that he loves you. These are things that I used to speak over my wife before I never knew her. Lord, I thank you that she loves you more than she loves me. I want her to be in love with you because I know if she loves you, she'll know what love is. And I want the love of God flowing. This is a prayer request that I'm speaking. I'm speaking faith. I'm speaking my list. Come on, I know you ladies have a list. And you begin to speak that. He's a godly man. He's full of character. I thank you, God. Right? And then nothing happens that week. You didn't get engaged. You didn't even get asked out. You know what you need to do? Let patience have her perfect work. Patience is going to come alongside and say, I am not compromising for Tom, Dick, and Harry over here that are just walking around because I'm lonely and I'm desperate. I'm going to let patience have her perfect work. And that patience is going to keep my believing and my speaking going until I see the fulfillment of the promise. Until I'm at the altar in front of a minister saying, I do. And he says, I do. And you receive that promise. You know what you need to do? Let Patience have her perfect work. Come on, somebody. Here's number four. Patience is the power. It's the power of patience is persistent courage. So in the definition of patience is actually courage. So patience actually has an edge to it. I don't know if you can kind of hear the growl. That's patience, right? Faith is, I'm believing, I'm speaking. And then you know what? Oh, no, there's a trial. I'm testing. Here comes, here comes patience. I'm going to stand under. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, the New Testament really describes patience like this in the Greek. Listen to this. I, just, I was so encouraged by it. The New Testament patience is described as the characteristic of a man or woman who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty of faith by the, even the greatest trials or sufferings. How do you think Paul and all these guys in the New Testament went through what they went through? They had patience. They had a persistent courage. See, there's courage in your patience. Let me remind you, ladies and gentlemen, it's already inside you. It's already inside you. You need to look for it. You need to start to rely on it. See, the greater the trial, the greater the patience. The greater the test, the greater the patience. That's why that's inside of you. This is why we have been saying the whole series, listen, God has already empowered you to overcome. It's already inside of you. And most people don't know how to use what God has given them to overcome. But thank God you come to a Bible-believing, Bible faith-building church. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. The greater the trial the greater the patience and you are empowered to overcome. And here's the last one for today. Are you learning something today? Have you learned something? 
See, I think some of you have already even experienced patience and you didn't quite know. Here's number five. The power of patience is a quality of calmness. See, I think you may not know this, but as we're talking about it, patience has been working in your life. You just don't recognize it. And today what I wanted to do is highlight patience for you because it's through faith and patience that we receive the promise. You already have those inside of you. But if you know how it works, listen, next time there is a test on your faith, a trial on your faith, you're going to be like, I know this. Patience is here. I know this. I can have joy because I know this. Patience is stable. Patience stands under. Listen, patience is a quality of calmness. Have you ever had this moment as a believer? Maybe you went through a trial. You went through a test. Maybe even something tragic. Have you ever had this moment where you look back and you go, hmm, I didn't react the same way that I have before. Did you ever have those moments where you look back and you go, before, I just totally lost it. But you know what? I didn't lose it today. Now, your head may be going in a thousand different directions, but have you ever had that moment when you look back and you go, I've, I've had it. Wow, I was quite calm today. I didn't just blow my stack. I didn't just blow. Man, I, I was calmer. Have you ever had that moment? You look back and you start to see change. Can I tell you, in those moments, you know what you're noticing? You're noticing that quality of calmness. You know what that is? That's patience. That there could be tragedy. There could be a test. There can be a trial. And here you are. You're like, and that's no big deal. I don't react anymore to some of the storms of life like I do uh, now. You know why? Because I've learned about faith and patience. And I've had a lot of things come my way. But you know, all as I know this, this is that the enemy is going to try to attack my faith. And when he does, you better watch out. Because when you attack my faith, patience is coming behind me. And he's like, I got your back, faith. Because I'm going to stand under you. And you're going to be calm through this. And that's how you inherit the promises of God. You have a quality of calmness. You know, they tell you, I've done some training and we always train, we always train our leaders and our youth leaders that when stuff happens and there's tragedy, here's what you need to do. Remain calm. Because when you're freaking out and fear's going, ah, you can't make good decisions. Patience comes along to give you a quality of calmness in the midst of it so you can make wise decisions. So you can continue believing and speaking and you can inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. My church family, let's read this scripture today as we close one more time. 1 John 5, 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Come on, would you give the Lord a good round of applause for his word today? If these messages have blessed you, we'd love for you to consider helping us take these messages to the world by giving a financial contribution. And you can do that at passionlifechurch.com. Click on the giving button and select the giving option that works best for you. Again, thanks for listening. If you're ever in the Marietta, California area, come join us. We'd love to see you. We'll make you feel right at home. Thanks again and God bless.